0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring
1: your esteemed hosts Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by BetSperts.
0: Welcome to the Deep Dive. To those of you watching us on our YouTube broadcast, that face you are looking at is the familiar face of Mister. Oh. <laughs> doctor eric eager yeah geez i was, uh, was he just dis- dis- disbarred is that a I thing know. for doctors no I, i'm just I'm <laughs> i mean just, i mean i'm just hamming it up man um twitter you know, doctors
1: that get to still use it that shouldn't so yes yeah, so, no one's taking away the doctorate
0: right it's football offseason but uh we can't stay away we Most may have a problem <laughs> we uh it's uh it's free agency has been cooking now for two weeks Uh, And there is feels like there's an infinite amount to talk about Um, the most interesting aspects, surely, as those of us who are trying to weave this into our handicap involve, uh, you know, what some of these teams are doing in terms of their strategy for team building, Uh, you know, some of these moves, what was, you know, surprising what looks like on paper to be, uh, you know, teams, certain teams hitting it out of the park, other teams just whiffing at the plate. Uh, There is so much to talk about in the world of football, we could not help ourselves, we invited Dr. Eager on. Uh, to get into the weeds here. It is not technically summer yet, but Dr. Eager of summer sports is here to help give a little bit of uh, the NFL sunshine for this off season. Uh Welcome back. Of course, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time on the Ooh, deep yikes. dive. Uh, we appreciate all your time. Welcome back. Dr. Eager. How you doing?
2: Things are good, man. I, um, this is the first time we've talked since the super bowl where drew you um, astutely on the pinnacle podcast, uh, were with me and my fandom. My oh, I gotta like my bought this on the way out of Arizona. With, after Radio Row. Uh, the Chiefs uh, beat the Eagles. It wasn't. It didn't look good at first, um, but you know, I thought that our our reasoning was sound, and it ended up playing out well. Um, and you know, I, I uh, was not able to. I, I think I tailed you on a few bets in the Waste Management Open as well which I, which obviously hits. Um, so, you know, th- that's the last time we've talked and uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm glad to be back and hang out with both of you guys.
1: Yeah. And the, Drew, you voice inflection matters and you only said it once, but there's, I, I got to thinking about that. Cause there's like, what team, what, what are teams doing? And then what are teams doing? Because that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at because we, we have such an incomplete picture at this point. And as I was going through and my God, I, I really, I really a lot of shout outs to the guys who really take mock draft seriously and like spend that's like their whole job. Cause that's a nightmare. Once you get through like the first 10 to try to figure out like, Oh my God, I, uh, you know, at the, if I keep doing this, the safety isn't, you know, branch isn't getting drafted in the first round. If I, if I keep doing the things the way I'm doing. So you're looking at all these teams and like what's happened so far in free agency. And I know it's incomplete, but it's like, Holy shit. Like, I'm not sure this team has a linebacker on the roster right now. Like, or I'm I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure this team has a safety, you know, you can always add guys. There's undrafted free agents after the draft too, but it's such a weird spot as we're sitting here trying to figure out what they're going to do with their remaining cap money, what they're going to do with the draft, what they're going to do after the draft. And then like, what is, what is the goddamn plan? And that's the biggest missing piece is like we just never know what the self-reflection is. We talk about that a lot. We, we feel like we understand which teams are good about self-reflection to a certain point. Like, hey, if we realize we're going to suck ass this year, there's no reason to fill in some of these gaps that maybe we should be doing towards the later end of a rebuild or a build or however you want to phrase some of that stuff. And I think that's some of the interesting stuff I wanted to get into today is how these teams are – constructing a roster and you know the for their expectations what they think they want to accomplish and maybe i think there's some signal to that too is here's what this team is doing and there's some signal to like what their expectations for the are based on that because like hey this team they're kind of sending out the signal they know this isn't this isn't the year
2: yeah i mean i think that you know in my time at PFF, obviously, by the time I was done there, they had 32 teams as clients. So I had a direct line to, a lot, you know, everybody, basically. And, you know, I've kept a, a line with a lot of people in the league, even though we at Sumer, like we have two pilot clubs, can't tell anybody who they are, and a few other kind of sub-pilot clubs. Um, but I, you know, through relationships, you can kind of get an idea of what teams are going to do. And you can kind of get an idea of kind of what teams think of themselves, right? And and I think most teams, it's not as drastic, like you know, Thomas Dimitrov, my co-host on the Sumer Sports Show, the CEO of our company, like he'll tell you, um, they never went into a season being like, Hey, we're not very good, right? Like that, that's hard, but I do think some teams they'll they'll straight up tell you, like, hey, I think this year we have you know, this year we we kind of have to push some money backwards kind of buy into this year because next year it's not necessarily going to be as pretty just looking at the contracts and then, you know, maybe we'll make a push for that year. And obviously things can change, but as you, as you listen to people talk, um, you get an idea of that and you can kind of over time, you know, really look at how things are put together in the NFL and get an idea of whether or not teams are going to try. So one, one example last season was, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, when you looked at the investments that they made in free agency, when you also looked at where they were from a cap perspective this year, so letting Jawan Taylor walk to, to Kansas City, having to cut Shaqu- Shaquille Griffin, um, et cetera, you could see that the Jaguars were not going to, they weren't in rebuild mode last year, right? So when a lot of us saw them at two and six, or, you know, I, I do a show at the hammer with Rob Pizzola and every week Rob was like, Hey, they're a pretty good team from a net success rate perspective, net yards per play perspective. Like th- it was why, like we did the pinnacle podcast for like, Hey, you know, every week was like 15 to one bet Jaguars win that division, 16 to one bet Jaguars win that division while they were two and six, three and six, three and seven, four and seven. And you kind of like went through that whole gamut because, you know, that in 2023 things aren't going to be pretty for them. So they don't have no reason to kind of back it up and, and restart, um, you know, similar stuff for Detroit, right? Like we all talked about Detroit, 2021 Detroit kind of played, you know, they let things breathe a little bit for contract sake, 2022, they were going to try and they started one and six. And, you know, a lot of us that said restore the roar all off season, we look like idiots. And then, you know, but that but you looked at kind of the way the team was constructed, where things were going to go. You're like, they're not going to like, they're not going to stop trying. Whereas there are maybe other cases like the Bears, where you know, like uh, Greg Gabriel's out there, like, all you idiots going the tank. Now they have three wins through five weeks. You're all morons, and of course, like they lose the rest of their games, and they they don't even. They, they fail to cover in most of them. And so it is. At least he didn't double down after the
1: season on his take anyway. Like, like yeah, he I did. mean, he's one. There that are was plenty. Something. Like,
2: who is, is it? So, it, which one is that Gruden guy? Is he, is he John Gruden or 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 um, the other one, Jay Gruden's son?
1: I didn't no, I actually, know. Actually, I thought that was just a joke. I didn't think he was actually related. Well, I thought he was okay. just like semi TikTok famous.
2: I mean, if he said he was Jay Gruden's son, chances are he's wrong. <laughs> but, like, I, I like he's one where, like, if he says something, like, the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. I'm just, like, I retweet that. I'm, like, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Like, this is, you know, this is going to be uh, a win. Because, like, there are some people where, you know, what they say, like, they just, they don't, they don't read the league right. A- and that's, like, independent of modeling and all that stuff. Um, but there are just certain tells about teams where you can say, like, this team is going to actually try down the stretch. This team is not. And um, it was interesting that Greg Gabriel, given all of his supposed like inside information with the bears uh, was unable to even discern that.
1: Yeah. From, from an outsider standpoint, drew. And I, I think you'd agree with me too. Like partway through the season, you could just tell well, yeah. and obviously go look at the transactions that they made, yeah. which two out of the three were pretty smart transactions. I thought the major ones, <laughs> like those were all the marks of like, Hey, guess what? We're, we we're yeah. going to be all in on this yeah. over the next two years this yeah. year. It'd be really cool to get a top five pick and Jesus, they landed in an yeah. absolute catbird seat. I wanted to just quick thinking about like the, the cycle and not every, you can't say like there's this cycle. You don't have the Baker Mayfield cycle for a team because teams treat the cap <laughs> building. I mean, expectations, franchise you know, that your, your mantra, what are you, you know, you, kind of your philosophy, every team's so different in that. So not every team goes through the same cycle, but I feel like most teams are pretty good at understanding where they are in that sort of cycle and kind of the range of outcomes that they have over the next few years, which has to be kind of maddening. Cause the hardest thing to do, I would think would figure out where the other 31 teams are going to be in a couple of years. And well, that would like, cause drew the, the NFC, like some yeah. of these teams that are like, Hey, it's gonna be bad for a little bit now. Yeah. But those teams, a, cu- a couple you're of those great, teams yeah. are you're gonna, they gonna won accidentally Super win Bowls.
0: seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, no,
1: but I mean the, the Bucks, the Rams, they got their Super Bowls. Like they can't be oh, so sure, bad. Sure, like, sure, 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 hey, sure. The NFC's gonna be easy this year. Again. <clears throat> oh, I
0: thought you were going in a totally different direction. No, but th-
1: no, I am too. But there are other teams where it's like shit, man. If we'd have to push this ahead of schedule one more year. Be sitting here with Rodgers is gone, Brady's gone, and basically, what we got to beat the Eagles and the Lions, and yeah. we're the winner the Super Bowl at that point. Yeah. And that's it's got to be just maddening to mistime your cycle and run into a spot. Or if you're in the AFC, like, oh man, we're kind of at a peak, but like Dolphins. nine other nine other teams are. Dolphins yeah, boy, are now, the that, dolphins
0: are now extended to their absolute yeah. elastic limit. Yeah, and they're, the third, f-
2: they're the third choice in their division. Yeah, being like the sixth best team in the in the conference. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where like I'll disagree a little bit. And I and I and in the sense that, and this that's why I did the research, the whole the you know, the, the transiency and the absorbency mm-hmm. stuff that's on Sumersports.com, where you basically ultimately what it showed is there's basically if you if you split the league in fours. Long term, there's always one less team on average that's above average and above average teams cycle like mad. And the and, you know, the reason I think is pretty clear, like if you're elite, you're going to be elite for two reasons. You're going to have a great head coach or a great quarterback or both. And those are pretty stable. And if you're poor, there are mechanisms that the league puts in place, namely rookie weight still quarterbacks that allow you to at least get to like a seven win. Like you even look at the Jets. Like everybody's all, oh, you know, I, I I tweeted this out the other day, but you look at like all the teams that drafted quarterbacks in round one the last three years. You look at like the uh, the the Bengals are great. Um, the Dolphins are, you know, we can make fun of them, but they've had two straight winning se- three straight winning seasons. Um, you can uh, the the Chargers are pretty good, even though they're they're a weird freaking team. They've had two straight winning seasons. Um, you know, the Packers don't really count because they didn't build around the rookie quarterback. And then the following year, you look, and like the Jaguars were in the playoffs, won a division this year. The Jets won seven games, even though their quarterback completely flopped. Um, from there, you know, the Niners, it doesn't really count, but they're they're a house. Uh, and they built around a quarterback on a rookie deal. Um, Patriots have made the playoffs uh, one of the last two years. Um, and then the other one that I'm missing, the the Bears are, you know, everybody's excited about the Bears and then you look at this this last year the first round like everybody forgets but Pittsburgh won 9 games last year um, because the quarterback was cheap and you can at least like build a buffer around it uh, so you know everybody the, the league gives instruments to teams who suck to at least be like below average and and yet the hard part is is mm-hmm. like the league the league there's such a buffer between above average and great that like you're just constantly in that transient state year in and year out and and I think what what the biggest mistake teams make, Andy, is like they're in that and like I'm I'm talking about our hometown Vikings, by the way. Oh, I didn't even like, want to bring. It they're up. in that basin, and they're like, ah, I just got to pour more money in to stay above average because there's an yeah. off chance that one year I'm going to pop one, up, I'm going to pop one into that elite stage and and try to win a Super Bowl. And it's just like there are just so many forces against you that. That that's where teams make the most errors. And then I think you know, beyond that, the, the second place where teams make a lot of errors is where you've seen like Buffalo. I, I think where you saw Atlanta at the end of Thomas DeMitt, like my boss's career, where you get really close and you're you are a legitimately great team. And for whatever reason, variance, what I mean, for for Thomas, it was literally like Falcons make one play in the last two quarters of that game and they win the Super Bowl. And you know you're Buffalo, and you literally stop a team for 13 seconds. You probably win last year's Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And you're I like, agree. "Geez, I got it." And and you go and you do a ton of things to buy last year's Super Bowl, which you're never going to be able to buy. And True. so for for Buffalo, it was Von Miller, and 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 it's like, but y- you have to re rack every year, and and it's just mm. it's just, and the Ravens similar. Whereas like, like if, if, if Von
1: Miller was a wide receiver too.
2: Maybe yeah, we have, right. maybe we have well, And, Super and, and the, the, the hard part, and the, the the most disheartening thing for these teams that ha- that get close and don't make it and don't win it is that you got to re-rack every year. And and we've seen it with like Baltimore, where I remember 2019, they were the best team in football. They they lose a couple fourth down variance plays against Tennessee. They lose the next year. They're a house again. They they blow out the first two teams. They get Kansas City three and a half point favorites at home. They get blown out at home by the Chiefs. And you're like, what the hell do we do with the last 14 weeks of the year? Like, we, you know, and that's like to me, if I'm thinking about betting, right? Like, if I'm thinking about, you know, um, if I'm thinking about futures and stuff like that, that might be an emotional sort of angle to think about. Like, if you're looking at the Bengals, for example, very impressive that they got back this year where they did because you think about all the emotion. It's easy to be the 150 to one that makes it to the Super Bowl. It's kind of hard to be the Super Bowl, you know, hangover team. It's even harder in my opinion to be that team that gets the Chiefs on the ropes another time and has the ball with a minute left and ends up losing that game to a, a, a ankle injury Mahomes and then now has to pay Burrow and Higgins and Chase and, and like all of those things I think make it like that's the that's the part where I don't know what I would do if I was a GM like cuz you got to keep buying in but you know that your odds continue to go down every time you do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I full honesty, I think there are a lot of GMs in the league who are trying to keep their jobs, <laughs> and yep. so making sure that fan expectation, you're one step ahead of fan expectation is pretty important, um, and I think, uh, you know, the idea of teams going to purgatory is obviously pretty well covered, but there are plenty of teams that get stuck in purgatory because you have a quarterback that's just good enough to get you to the 10th spot, which means you're never going to have enough draft capital to really make a leap, uh, and do you want to just stay in purgatory, and if the fans are fine with that everybody keeps their jobs because of that then great but you know sometimes that there, doesn't work out there's a cleaning but, house and
1: yeah. yeah there's teams and drew we use purg- we throw purgatory around a lot without giving it like a true definition which we can't because it's it's you know more of just a buzzword we're using for teams that aren't good enough to get high draft picks but aren't good but there's <laughs> always teams that's funny because eric already brought up you know the vikings there's always teams that are like hey this is a purgatory team but they actually went to the playoffs yeah. because, uh, sure. and the Vikings are like the the absolute banner example of the last what decade, two decades. I mean, of like they have the hey, third this is...
2: highest win percentage since in the Super Bowl era.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're they were incredibly lucky, and that's where I wonder too about these teams where it's like, hey, you were a seven and ten team probably, and you should be tr- you should be treating the next season, the rebuild, the you know the team building like you're a purgatory team. Uh, who's about to pay a quarterback. Maybe you don't want to pay a lot of money, but is it, is it just a case? And I know you have so many, you know, you know over the years. And again, with PFF, you've connected with teams Do teams treat seasons like that. Like Minnesota season last year, Do they just treat it with, Hey, the wins are all confirmation bias wins. And we're looking at the, like, yeah, we're just good and close games. <laughs> and if you have a season that's the opposite of the Vikings, it's all hindsight bias. We're like, man, you know, we make that one field goal three times all of a sudden we're in the playoffs like is it is it all just like full hindsight or, is, or do teams like minnesota really actually know hey we're not actually that good
2: yeah i mean one classic team was the raiders going into last year right they were 10 and 7 in 2021 but fundamentally we're more of a 7 and 10 team surely they 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 re-up car although that, that was actually a pretty good deal for them but they go adams they go chandler jones and all of that to be like six to one to entering the season to win that division. And you're like, Daniels, I, I get it, but like, I get what they're doing, but you're, you're stuck. Right. And you know, that was rough. I think with respect to Minnesota, I, I personally believe, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm friendly with Quasey. Like he and I have, you know, he and I have talked before and, and, and all that. And I, I think he's pretty, every time I'll say this, every time I've told him, Hey, congrats on a great season, he's kind of looked at me like, you like yeah. he like knows better, right? Like it's good. So, like that's that's an, that's and an admirable love, and, trait. And That's Great, and and yeah. and so he made
0: the playoffs every season. He's been a GM. What are you talking about? That's that's, yeah. a, that's a heck of but, a
2: record. But like, can you imagine his scenario where you're like, "Hey, owner guy, I know you gave me a lot of money, and I and I built this roster, and we won a lot of games, but I'm actually not as good as that looks." Like that's a yeah. tough conversation. Okay, and, <sighs> and, and so. That's where I, I I get worried because you know if you if if you're a Vikings fan and you're like they really should just kind of tear it down a little bit this year that's that's a conversation between the general manager and the owner and and the coach too by the way because the coach doesn't care about any of these things they want to win every single year and you want to have your you don't want to have a seven and ten t- get team on your record like it, it just I think as last season was going on you can sense you know there was going to be a conflict because. You would you would have wanted to kind of move on from the quarterback who everybody knows is not quite good enough. Sure. You want to kind of move on from some of the older defenders like Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson and Donnell Hunter and Zedarius Smith and got, and you kind of halfway do that because of how well it went in 2022.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh, 13, uh, 13 not a good spot to be in. Same not a guy, not yeah, not, not an Wimps ideal spot to be in What so if you are let's not make this Viking specific, but like, you know, I I think it's very important if you're a general manager to, you know, the the communication you're 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 the number of hats you got to wear for for, uh, mind blowing, like how difficult of a job it is to satisfy an owner to keep your coaches happy to, uh, you know, to to manage all the moving parts of the job. Um, But uh, you certainly almost at first. Sitting down and planning your offseason, have to look at the landscape. Where are we in our division? Where are we in our conference? And as you look at the NFC right now, a team like the Vikings, they could decide effort. it, we are blowing this up, we are rebuilding this year, and accidentally win the NFC. Like yep. it's not that crazy. Like that, that is how weak that conference is. Like, if you get a couple, you, you hit a couple draft picks. You, uh, you know, you, you have a little bit of positive variance on your side. If you have enough, you know, if you have a talent, if you, if you have a talented enough player like Justin Jefferson on your roster, like you might accidentally win the NFC, <laughs> right? Like it's not crazy. And so yeah. I almost feel like if you if, if it's that flat of a conference in any given year, then you almost are better off dumping than going all in right because going all in will have an expiration and if you go all in everyone knows it you raise all the expectations and the expiration comes and you didn't reach your goal then you're done it's over but Uh, if you that is yeah
1: Yeah, they're down the road negatives that are
2: guaranteed yeah you make a wonderful point that I've never, like, I honestly haven't thought of cause I, you know, Andy, you know that I I think a lot about the Vikings. My dad's still a fan. Like he texts me every game and, <laughs> um, and I had not thought about it that way, but like, you're sort of talking about the Buffalo bills of 2017, right? Where they trade Sammy Watkins, God. they trade Ronald Darby in the preseason. Um, They, they, basically rip it off and they still win nine games and make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years because the AFC kind of was weak in that, that range, you know, the chargers charged that year and all this kind of stuff. No doubt, Um, It's a good point. I mean, especially you draft, if
1: the Vikings draft a corner and it works, they get one more in like free agency and like KJ Osborne takes a big step forward. It's like, Hey, this team won 12 games this year and they actually deserved it. The like,
2: one, one really yeah, smart yeah. thing you can say about the bike, <laughs> like one thing that you can say about the Vikings and, and some of this, you give credit to Spielman. Some of this, you give credit to Adolfo Mensa, but they're very good at premium positions. Like yeah. they're very good at left tackle. Derashaw Shaw is like a future ring of honor guy. Of they're course. Very good at wide receiver one, not deep, but they, they have, you know, Hawkinson's a, I think a really good second option for them. You just said the three um, names. Keep they're those guys right tackle.
0: Keep those they're- three guys. Keep your draft class last year. Yeah. Rinse all the rest of the parts, you might actually still win. <laughs>
2: yeah, the, because in the NFC, like the yeah. Bears, still might suck. Like, look, yeah, the, the, the issue with the Bears that no one wanted to talk about when I was at the Super Bowl, I said, like, look, I want them to. T- I actually said Brian Burns was the guy they should trade for, but I was walking around the Super Bowl saying they should trade for a veteran player off the Panthers because you can't fill a hundred million dollars of cap space with good premium position players. This can't, yeah, yeah. there are like. To- Jawan Taylor was the tackle that got all the money this year. And he's like, okay, <laughs> at best, you know, yeah. there were no wide receivers that got any money this year. There were no um real corners that got any real money this year. I mean, Chauncey Gardner Johnson almost led the league in picks, I think. And he got 8 million for yeah. one year. Yeah. And so like having premium position players on your team is a huge edge over, you know, even teams with some of these great advantages over you like cap space you know the the issue that Minnesota has is obviously the limitations of Cousins. The fact that Cousins will probably go into next season the second oldest quarterback who's starting in the NFL. Um, so so Cousins is you know all of a seeing the end of it, and then you also have Cousins was drafted three years after Stafford, and I think is older than him, which is crazy. Um, and and then you have. Only five draft picks because you traded two for Hawkins and you traded one for Jalen Rager, you traded one for Ross Blacklock. So, you know, it was a weird situation where they they got they got started eight and one. They had to put some money into or some resources into the team last year to save face. And now, you know, they're almost like they really do have to like either trade back and or just absolutely you know hit snake eyes on all their picks, which you know could happen for sure. It's tough. It's tough. It's
1: tough. <laughs> Yeah, and it it is it's wild too because like the the one move they probably just need to make is a big big move at the at a premium position because you can't like you can't probably plan on a long term future around Kirk Cousins at this point. And that's uh you know, that's like every other almost every other team in that division now is in I mean Jordan Love Jordan Love at on his rookie contract. Are we talking 50 or option? No, four, right? yeah, year option now this year five Yeah, I think four. I think this right? is year 4 so a little different but you know everyone yeah. else is in a, a bit more of an admirable spot with with quarterback. It just the more I look at the Bears it's like if Justin Fields doesn't take a step forward that we think is definitely in the cards like and you don't have a, a true wide receiver one emerge, and your secondary doesn't, uh, I guess, improve, and you don't have a true, like, just anchor at left tackle or even right tackle. Who's going to rush the passer for the pair? Like, yeah and, and, yeah, and then, yeah, at that point, too, you your pass rush and your secondary might stink. It's like, yeah. how is this team getting... Five, six eight games better all of a sudden like well, it, yeah. it's turned into a three year rebuild then suddenly for the bears it's just we, they have they, they this hundred <laughs> million dollar cap be. space drew
0: we knew like, it's it was going to be this way though
1: yeah it just it, it like eric says explain to explain why it's hard to take a people get so hard for oh my god they have the most cap space explain why it's hard to spend it all
2: well the reason why teams have cap spaces is, is because they miss on draft picks for an extended period of time so you look at like you know, the 20 – so 2017, the Bears traded up for Trubisky. That costs a decent amount. Then in 2018, they traded for Khalil Mack, which cost them two first-round picks. So, you know, that A, Mack doesn't even make it to this rebuild part, right? But then B, he costs them draft picks that they eventually, like, need – like, you need those – premium position. So like, I mean the, the, the easiest way to explain it is like right now, Darren Waller has the highest APY of any tight end in football at 17 million. Um, Kyle Pitts, when he was drafted fifth of fifth, uh, fourth overall, I'm sorry, is 8 million. So you have like, if Pitts were to perform at the highest level of any player at that position, he'd be a 9 million surplus. Like that's kind of the way to look at it. And that's a lot, but it's not, it's not an egregious amount. When Jamar Chase was taken at fifth, um, just a pick later, it's about eight million also. But Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, whether or not however you want to splice the contract, that's 25 to 30 million, what they're worth on the open market. So that surplus is almost twice more than twice as much. And so, like the so ultimately players at wide receiver, players at tackle, where whereas that's true as, as well, quarterback, um, you know, defensive end, sometimes corner, corner's a weird one they're never a vi- they're never accessible via free agency. You always have to either trade for them, so you have to you know trade capital to, to pick those guys up, or you have to draft them yourselves. And so, like, oftentimes, if you have that much cap space, it's because you tried to swing the bat at those positions in the draft, or even worse, and this was the Vikings' problem for a while until they picked Shaw and Jefferson, was you used your high – picks on things like guards, linebackers, running backs, right. safeties, A center, and you swung and yeah. missed on those. Yeah. And when free agency comes around, like there's always going to be money to kick guards. There's always going to be money to get safeties, nickel corners, linebackers, centers, running backs, tight ends. But yeah. <clears throat> there's there's never available actual good players at those premium spots. Like you're, you're, you're getting Orlando Browns. You're getting DJ Chark's. Uh, and yeah. and uh, Christian Kirk's, so you're getting yeah. um, Cam Sutton's at corner. Like those are the players that are available at premium positions. And so these teams that have a lot of money, then they're stuck going with Tremaine Edmonds, who like there isn't the Tremaine Edmonds of left tackles available in free agency. And like those guys just don't have the requisite impact relative to the dollar spend you have on them in free agency.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, being able being able to. Being able to put your resources into the talent that you've, the elite positions that you've drafted, who are, you know, who you're worth paying those guys. Uh, If those guys aren't on your roster to pay, then that also creates this problem. see Um, that in the free
1: agency too, Drew, like some of the big names where it's like, this guy is a position that would change our team and he's good enough at it. And he re-signed with his current team. Yeah. Like A, a lot yeah. of those free agents oh, yeah. Every so like that matter, they, they yeah. make it a priority to re sign those guys. Don't let them get out For of the sure. room. And then, I, you know, yeah, and honestly,
0: did the Bengals give Orlando Brown much money?
2: It was 16. Like It was Not less bunch than bunch? what Orlando yeah. could have gotten last year yeah. had he signed what the Chiefs offered him, but he didn't have, he had a first time NFL agent. So he kind of balked at it. The Chiefs didn't give him like, the Chiefs gave him a deal that would have been like top of market in name only, but it still was better than what he got from the Bengals.
0: The reason I was asking, maybe we come back to the Bengals a little bit because they don't want to take us off the Bears for a second. I want to talk a little more Bears before we move on. But the Bengals' point I was going to make was just like if they used their – they're, you know, they, they didn't really, didn't make splashes for the first couple of days. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I wonder if they're just going to, like, just bite the bullet now. Sign Burrow. Like, just get, get a deal on the record now, you know, because you're eventually going to do it. And the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost and the more it's going to hurt you with all those other positions. And you can't let T. Higgins walk out the door. And you can't let Jamar Chase walk out the door. So, like, the sooner you start the clock on all those, the less it's going to ultimately cost you. And doesn't signing a quarterback to a big deal hurt somebody in your division even more than
1: they're already hurting at the current point? That's like, actually an interesting point. That's that's yeah. uh it's like it's it's also a swipe at it's you know, it's lessening the position that the Ravens have. That that's super I hadn't thought about them yeah. making that a, a priority right yeah. off the bat. But
0: I don't know. We 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 previewed the Bears, I think, very, very thoughtfully last year. And it was literally you looked at the team and you were like, This is not a team at the n- nid year. This is a team that is staring at a really low nadir. They have a roster that's not talented and they have to get off of a bunch of these defensive contracts. And they have virtually no one at any premium position on offense to help develop the guy that they invested all of this draft capital in in fields. So it was literally like you were staring at the edge of the cliff and you're like, we're going down and it's going to be bad. So I think, you know, sober minds were like, this is a three-year process. And like, I they, it, like we kind of alluded to, some things that they did, you know, golf clap. Some things yeah. that they did, it's like, oh, no, guys, what are you doing? Like a, acquiring, you know, acquiring a pick for Roquan Smith. Well done. Mm-hmm. Giving away your second rounder for Claypool. Holy crap. Yeah, that looks like that one is. of the worst moves of the last calendar year. So it's like, yeah, I it, think,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, and, and the, the, the hard part is that you know for most teams it's 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 markovian meaning like every move is just made based upon the state that they're in now and there's really no connection or reasoning beyond that sure i think the claypool the claypool like you know a, acquisition was trying to get an evaluation on fields their receiving core was so bad that and, and i i do think that people overestimate how committed Ryan Poles was to Justin Fields and I think if there was a more generational quarterback at the top of this draft like there would have been more of a discussion of trading Fields and and moving on to to one of the guys uh, at the top like there's just question marks about Stroud and Young and that that I think are um, not insurmountable but insurmountable enough for them to just continue to to move forward with the goodwill that they've generated with Fields.
0: Let me float this, and you can tell me if I'm being an idiot. Um, and again, like, some things they've done, they've done great. Like, getting DJ Moore in that trade with the Panthers, like, that was thinking outside the box, and that was really freaking smart. Uh, and in fact, they probably, probably – I don't know. I don't know what the contract situation for more is, but it may be war- – eh, it might have been he's, more than – It's going to cost more.
1: some, but it's not horrid. It's and not going to be have, horrible, whatever room. the case.
0: Yeah, whatever yeah. the case is, like, you know, that you're you're starting to solve some of the problems by putting talented players in your roster who you then can then devote your money to. But uh, anyway, the um, you know, you can call me an idiot. I won't hurt my feelings. I'm going to. I realistically think that the right move for the Bears was – To trade the one first, to let everybody kind of sort themselves out in the top four of the draft, and then to trade fields. Trade fields to someone who didn't get a spot in the top four who feels quarterback needy. Because I got to tell you, man, all the money they spent, all the draft capital they have in this year's draft, the Bears are still very likely in the mix for a top pick next year. Very
2: likely. Well, and I think that
0: those guys are great. (laughs) Like,
2: yeah, I I don't hate it, but it's a good, like, I guess you, you have to, so it's not awful if you like Levis and, or if you like Richardson, I think Richardson's going to have the Mahomes treatment where two months ago, we're all talking much like, you know, I, I mocked Mahomes to the chiefs at 27 in 2017. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> idiot, right? Like, and everybody was mocking, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson to the lions at 18 into, you know, two months ago. And now, they're like, yeah. Oh, can they even get him at six? Do they got to trade up to three to get him? <laughs> I, you know, I think, yeah. Levis and and Richardson are going to go much higher than we believe. Maybe it, it, Richardson for sure. I think Levis. Maybe there's what? a there's a a few issues in his game that I think people are are going to be hung you, up on.
0: You didn't even know the end of my point though. Forget about drafting Levis or Richardson this year for the Bears. The trade Fields. Just go sign Carson Wentz. Make sure you get the one pick next year.
2: Right? See, Okay. Like, so like, this like, is. I'm
0: saying, like, you're. Yeah, I was going to say next year. There's an Andrew Luck. I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at the talent on this Bears roster. J- Justin Fields could be the next coming of something special. We will not know. This town. Ta- this team is still okay. very, very, so, very talent poor.
2: So I see offensively. I like Luke Getzey. I like the lo- The offensive line needs some work, but talent from a from a skill position standpoint. I think you could do a lot worse than DJ Moore, Cole Komet, um you know uh, who's the um, Darno Mooney,
0: Mooney yeah. Claypool,
2: Claypool, Khalil Herbert. Sure. Like I think you can do worse than that. I think mm-hmm. offensively they're going to be fine. I it's also one of those same things that I talked about with like with Trevor Lawrence last year. It's like it's weird to spend all that money on free agency when you know for for the most part if. Trevor Lawrence is him, like nothing matters. And if he's not, nothing matters. I think that that's true about about fields too. And if that's the case, you got a first and a second next year to move up to one to get get the quarterback you want if you need it, right? So you're going to have your pick. You're going to have the Panthers pick, which is probably going to be bad given they're starting a rookie in both round one and two. I think you're probably going to have the ammunition to move up to one if fields sticks, so that's yeah. where I think they pad that. But if fields is great, right? Then you have two ones, two twos.
0: Can you to- can you build out the distribution for me? Fields is an excellent thr- Fields is an above average thrower. He is average. He is poor. What is the? What fields are those three? Yeah,
2: I'm I'm lower on him. You know, and I liked him coming out, but I would say it's thirty three percent, twenty five percent chance he's a. No questions asked, second contract guy. Okay. I think there's 50 50 chance he's ambiguous where we're we're in the same freaking spot we are Daniel right Jones. Here. Okay. And then like, I think there's a twenty five percent chance he's so bad that we're like, all right, Zach Wilson okay. this thing. Let's so, you know, let's, let's so, do something so about for that.
0: me, for me, twenty if I'm in his if I'm in Poles' chair, twenty-five percent is too much of an uh, possibility. To not sell high, which is he's worth, I you know, there's a 25 percent. What you're saying is 25 percent chance he's worth as much as he will ever be worth right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I, I yeah. guess I had not thought about this a lot, Drew, but I'm certain to agree a little with this horrible tinfoil take of yours because <laughs> tinfoil, not, it's just not only not only is it like you could be at the high spot of his value. Yeah. But you're also at a high spot for demand. Have I busted out? Yeah, my, yes,
0: yes. The, the, oh. m- do you
1: remember my line? The, that wasn't even part of my, my the practice, line about, but you're absolutely I right. Don't, I don't think this quarterback class is good. I think yeah. there's four guys that are close enough together where we're all like, yeah. hey, these are good teams. But And I said this to Kelly. I might have said it on Broadbag, but I said this quarterback. the quarterback hype is more Adam Smith than Adam Schefter. <laughs> because teams need quarterbacks and there's yeah. there's it's, just so many damn man, teams yeah. that need it. And it's like at, at that point, like yep. yeah, fields is a commodity. Yeah. I still don't think this happens. Yeah, really I, really I wonder draft, though. So
2: this gets this gets to the Lamar Jackson part, right? Well, he's I sure. a Whoa, no
0: no, to... no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We got we got a lot of time we gotta spend on that. So don't go there yet. Okay? okay. But the, the under the, the last kind of point on this, and then we can just bury it. Cause it's not going to happen anyway. So it's stupid to even really talk about it. It's fun But, but the other teams that you're going to be competing with for the first overall pick next year, if you're the bears and your defense is as bad as it looks on paper, uh, they're the teams that are drafting quarterbacks this year that are next year going to be like well we don't need to fill quarterback position we just drafted one last year right like, they're all going to be passing right and, and if you if you give fields to another one of those teams it's going to be bad like the titans or the you know somebody did that in that teens range who also feels like they need to address quarterback right like you know you're 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 putting fingers in the dike all over the place to where next year you could have generational quarterbacks fall in your lap even if you accidentally win Six seven games this year because your offense is kind of good, right? So that was you know that's that's really kind of where I sit because I really feel like next year there's still going to be the same the same question. It's going to be the same cycle all over again. Bears like, well, they're in the top ten. Do they go up and get a quarterback? These guys are elite. The other teams don't need one, right? Like the shoes, but but Fields was kind of good. Remember two years ago he ran all over the place. Last year he had some games he scored thirty plus points. Like it's they're just they're they're going. You could see it coming. It's 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 coming.
2: Like yeah, the cycle that, is going to repeat it's, itself. It's not a bad thought. I mean, yeah i I think they would burn Ryan Poles' house down if he. <laughs> it down. But yes, that's I, that's
0: I, yeah yeah that's obviously the part of the calculation that he can't do. So, okay. Anyway, so the Lamar Jackson thing, I guess, is a perfect place to pivot to here because certainly, certainly, there are there is enough recent signal staring at the Cleveland Browns staring at the Denver Broncos, uh, maybe even staring at the future New York Jets, where if you sacrifice a lot of your future capital uh, for a win-now move, it can go poorly. Uh, And maybe Broncos are the most clear it has gone poorly. Maybe the Browns is still a wait and see. uh, But whatever the case is, I feel like some of this recency is affecting the Lamar Jackson thing on top of just the weird collusion that's going on in the NFL right now that I can't really put my finger on, not just about Lamar Jackson, but with about like half the league getting one year contracts doesn't exactly smell, uh, on the up and up. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe there's a better reason. Maybe there's even an analytical reason why everyone's getting one year contracts, but, uh, whatever the case is, what is your general read on the situation generally? And if you are a team in coming out of the nadir and you're in the NFC, you know, or, or if you're even if you're a punk, oh, fucking stupid fucking uh, internet. Again, <laughs> it's man. funny. Sorry. When,
1: when, whenever whenever you come yeah, out of sorry. it, you're swearing. Like, it's like, oh, it's fixed. And you're just motherfucking internet. Well, because I'm it's, always it's like, bullshit, worried it's me. I, yeah. I so, you know why this keeps happening. So,
0: no. like, I thought this it, was right? me. It, it, anyway, it you're happens. an it, NFC. It,
1: you kind of garbled on it. You're an it, NFC. You know what the other thing happens?
0: It happens every 15, I've noticed it happens every 15 minutes on the clock, almost exactly. So there's something going on cycle wise with mainstream. Yeah. Sorry about that. So I, you can so, make a case if you're, if you're in the NFC, go get Lamar Jackson and now you're immediately a contender. There's a case to be made in the AFC. If you do not have an elite quarterback, if you don't get Lamar Jackson, you won't be a contender. Right. Like there yeah, are incentives for, there's an incentive for every team that does not have a top 10 current quarterback currently on their roster to make this move. And yet here we sit crickets. Can you provide a little bit of context on all this?
2: Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right about the AFC. I always joke like it's, it's, um, it's like it's that, uh, that arrested development meme where like, Oh, here comes another team with kind of an average quarterback trying to compete with the Chiefs, and it's like it's just never going to happen. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, it, it maybe it'll work for yeah, us. Maybe it it'll work for us. us. <laughs> but in the NFC, it it is like I mean, the best quarterback in the NFC is Dak Prescott, right? Like this, you know. I know Hertz had a great Super Bowl and a good run and everything. I think if you switch quarterbacks uh, on the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles, I think the Eagles have a better outcome than Dallas does. Like. Um, so the, I'll, I'll stand by that statement, even though Dak didn't have his best year, I think he is the best, which tells you something, right? Like Dak is a trolley ride away from being Kirk Cousins. So it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a barren conference. Um, the thing that is, I think, so my read on the Raven side of it is that the Ravens are a very calculated organization that is, that knows the probabilities of things happening. They understand risk, um, you know. Uh, I think when, you know, they're just a very smart team. Um, they don't always do the smart thing, but I think that they're a very smart team. Um, they they knew when they slapped the non-exclusive tag on Lamar, there was a small chance that a team like the Falcons could have just backed up the truck, gotten a sure. huge guaranteed deal, pushed all 90, like 90 million of it to the front, and completely poison-pilled the, the, the Ravens. There was a chance that that happened, the chance the Bears could have done it, all this stuff. And they were willing to deal with that risk. And that is a very mature thing. Um, it is so sideways between those two teams that I think one of the reasons that they did this is so that they could shift some of the blame from the big bad Ravens, Eric DaCosta, every dollar counts to the whole league, which is not willing to give Lamar what he wants. Now, it, maybe man. Lamar comes back and says, hey, maybe, 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 maybe you're not the asshole. Maybe we're all just kind of a problem, right? Yeah. From the rest of the league's perspective, there is no reason for any of these teams now to trade for Lamar Jackson before the draft if you're Detroit and you hold pick six and you hold pick 18 yeah why on why in the world yeah. would you trade those two picks where if you go day after the draft and you trade for Lamar you're trading a one next year which if you get Lamar you think is a top you know bottom third of pick in the in the first round um and the way that teams value these picks, a year in the future. Now, this isn't actually true, like the research has shown, but like teams essentially value picks one round deeper if they're a year away. Yeah. So you're really getting you're really trading a second and a third for Lamar, both you think in the back half of those rounds. Yeah. And every other team has spent all their free agency dollars. So you would if you were arranged it now. The Raven, all of this is to say the Ravens are probably gonna match if that's all they get in return. But yeah, true. that will be I think the time where there's a swell. Like if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they're they are they are considered a dark horse here. Sure. You pushed Kirk Cousins money into void years into the future. You've you've done some things. you you've kept Dalvin Cook on the roster. You've kept Zadarius Smith on the roster. You only have 5 picks this year, but you got your full number of picks more or less next year. Like that's another option, right? Like mm-hmm. there are a bunch of teams for which it makes a lot of sense to wait till after the draft to approach the Lamar thing. And I think, you know, not I. I think that that's a discussion topic that's not being being brought up enough. But it makes a ton of sense also to find out how the quarterbacks. Like if you're Minnesota and you try to trade up for Levitts, and like there's just you have only five picks, so everybody's a brick headwind, house. Yeah. You on that? Yeah. Then then Jackson starts to make sense. Like I I think. I think that the 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 league is a lot more calculated on the mar weirdly than than anybody else.
0: Interesting. Can I ask a quick oh, uh I, tin I did see that too really it, quick it, you've seen the Minnesota
2: steam
1: up. come. Like somebody yeah. else said that. So why would they do it right now? Like yeah. guys, Lamar's not getting on a plane this week. If this has any steam, this is like May, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that so here's the tinfoil foil question. We'll keep it quick here, but like the stuff you see Lamar tweeting and saying publicly this makes it seem like we might be getting a side of the story. That is a lot of agents and info people who, you know, are incentivized not necessarily to paint a true picture of what's going on. Like, you know, is there any team that you see kind of stockpiling space that, uh, you know, that makes sense besides the Vikings that's not being talked
2: about? Not really. I mean, even the falcons who were the, who were thought of the team like they've eaten into their cap space right like yeah. they only have yeah. you know 8 you know 18 million of effective space um I, you know i think that i no i, I don't see it's going to have to be some sort of deal that the ravens can easily match in my opinion like um <sighs> which That's, I mean, again, like I think the Ravens are really smart and saw this coming, right? Like that. I'm
0: disappointed in Bill Belichick not poking the Ravens in the eye personally, but we'll leave that aside too. Yeah, I think
2: Um, I think Belichick may or may not. I mean, it's interesting to it's. I I want to ask smart people this question: like, how much longer do you think Belichick wants to coach? Is a good question.
0: Yeah, of course it is. There's already
2: articles about the successor. Yeah,
0: I heard I heard somebody make the point of like. Well, Belichick, they can't make an offer for Lamar because that'll put strain on the relationship with Mac Jones. It's like, oh yeah, more strain than yeah. benching him in a primetime game for Bailey, yeah, Bailey <laughs> happy. Yeah. Well more drives, oh, though, oh, more, oh, oh, more strain, more drives. strain than making him play his sophomore season under Matt Patricia. More strain than that. <laughs> like it's tough. It's Belichick didn't to give a shit you know? what Brady felt. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, like he's really gonna care about Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so you mentioned the Falcons. There was one quick point I wanted to bring about the Falcons and team building from a philosophy standpoint because it seems pretty obvious what the Falcons are trying to do, and that is emulate what the, the path to success that the Eagles had. The Eagles were a bad team yep. a couple of years ago. They invested in the trenches. They drafted and developed. They got a guy in the later rounds of the draft to be their quarterback. They installed him late in the season. He showed some promise, and they're basically like, okay, we're going to give him the reins. We're going to play this out. If if we hit on this, we hit spectacularly and next season you know maybe maybe we make a playoffs in a week nfc this year and then next year we make the aj brown move and we make the we, we we grab the 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 bradbury off the street and and now we are running like it feels like they have a very clear vision of that's what we want to do is that fair and if you are a gm like this feels like the easy no risk way to try to do team building pretty much interminably like 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 and indefinitely like why not just continue to try to do it this way if you're a team with no other option
2: yeah I mean the so yeah it's a really good point I mean the the Ritter acquisition you know was different than the the Hertz acquisition because the starter that was there was not really well established but it sort of has that same character a guy who had some good film in college now Hertz was much better at Oklahoma than Ritter was at Cincinnati but you know and and then you know you're right though I mean McGarry Lindstrom my co-host of the Sumer Sports Show Thomas Dimitrov drafted both of them it took them a while to you know but they both got second contracts Jake Matthews is a good left tackle Mm -hmm. um you know David Anyamata going with with Grady Jarrett Grady Jarrett kind of at the end of his career not a ton in the way of pass rushers on the edge you know the 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 benefit that the Eagles have is they had great edge rushers. I mean, they went Josh Sweat. They went um, uh, Derek Barnett with the Sam Bradford pick. Like, they had – but, you know, they go with Jesse Bates, who's a terrific ball player. Again, not premium position. Um, They have running backs. You know, Algier, Patterson are both really good. Pitts and London are – I mean, it makes some sense. Plus, you know, and, and this is a somebody, by the way, I bet the Eagles have the worst record in the league in 21. And I was, of course, wrong because of they leaned into their edges and stuff at the line of scrimmage. Um, I will make no, I wouldn't, you know, if I was betting, I would make no such bet on the Falcons here because, the, you know, I think the Saints are going to be bad. I don't think much of Derek Carr. Panthers are going rookie quarterback. Bucks are going with Baker Mayfield. Like this Falcon team, there's a clear path a la the path that existed for um, the Eagles in a week NFC in 2021 that no one saw. So, I like it. I mean, this is the first time I've thought of it. You, you know, you bringing this up to me right now. I, I like it. I mean, I think it makes some sense. Now, Arthur Smith is a very good play caller. I think that the Arthur Smith weakness is he's a very good play caller. And, and what I mean about that is when you've had success with Tannehill, you've had success yeah. with Mariota. Like, if you look at Mariota's EPA numbers, they were fine last year. They're better than Cousins. Yeah. No. Uh, for first half of the season,
0: especially, season. he looked great. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and, and so you know that the ceiling is going to be a certain place with guys like Hertz, with guys like Ritter, long term, especially. Yeah. Um, will he ever realize that and put in place a great quarterback? Because that eventually is is the question. Like, it's the same question the Eagles are going to have. when the Eagles give Hertz the big deal, things are going <sighs> to get really fair for them.
0: I, yeah, I mean, and I I, I am going to, I, I'm going to abstain from Hurts um, narrative this offseason because he proved me wrong in the Super Bowl. Uh, I made bets that he didn't have it physically. I made bets that he didn't have it mentally. And he was right there in it with Patrick Mahomes. So I will, I will not be. I will not be talking shit about uh, Hurts, Jalen Hurts, this off season. Um, but no, it looks it looks pretty clear like uh, what the Falcons are trying to do is sort of the best way to team build or you know from the ground up. Um, and uh, if they make the playoffs this year, get their guy. It's an know, easier get, division. With yeah, yeah, and honestly, like get Ritter, get Ritter's playoff stinker out of the way this year. Maybe next year they are kind of, uh, you know, They're a little together. bit legit. We're talking um, ourselves into betting. Well, because – no, no, like, like,
1: no you've got me convinced too. And, and you know, the Jesse Bates thing and the kind of just a little offhand comment by Eric, but, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, he's right. He's like, oh, uh sign Jesse Bates, good safety, not a position of, like, high value. The more I look at it and, and really started to click the last couple of years, isn't that kind of how you have to treat free agency completely now? Like high value positions – I'd like you've kind of already said it this year or in this show, you said like you kind of got to draft those spots and then free agency turns into filling these spots where, man, I don't want to be the team that's <laughs> drafting a tight end and an off ball no, linebacker. That's with good point. That's a
0: really good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did you listen look at... to the, the athletic podcast that has a couple of the, the maybe it's the one with the Sando, GMs. Or, Sando's. Yeah. And, and they brought that up and they didn't, they didn't even make a point of it. They just said it kind of offhand. Somebody did. And he's just like, yeah, there's a lot of linebackers that are uh, free agent. A lot (laughs) lot of like coverage linebackers to be had. Like that market's wide open. You can go get one. I thought about like, well, that makes a shitload of sense. (laughs) These positions that nobody wants to draft there. It's like, Hey, there's a bunch of safeties that moved and there's a bunch of linebackers that move and there's a bunch of tight ends that have moved around already too. You
2: you think about the Bengals, right? Like I look at the Bengals. It's, it's, it's how to use free agency when you've, when you've hit, when you've gotten good luck, right? So sure. I think you know the the secondary is like a parlay. Um, the offensive line's like a parlay, and you know you think about how the Bengals have done it, right? It it's they went, you know, Trey Wayne's, um, chadobia Awuzie, Eli Apple, Trey Flowers, um, Mike Hilton, Ricardo Allen, uh, Von Bell are all guys that have played who have started in the NFL before. Mm -hmm. And as Andy would like Trey Wayne's was the most expensive of that bunch and the worst of it. Right. But when you when you build out a secondary where your objective function is an or I need I need eight choose five. Right. (laughs) I need Trey Wayne's to work or to Adobe to work or Eli. Everybody gives Eli Apple a ton of crap. It's like Eli Apple has been a great outcome for them. Like, (laughs) you know, and they all were cheap free agents because they had that. Like you wouldn't want. Imagine being in another situation where all and this is like the Chargers. All your big money is spent on wide receiver one, wide receiver two, edge one, corner one, quarterback soon, and you have to draft those five defensive backs. And that's what the Chiefs did, right? That you know, back to back to the whole like when you actually win a Super Bowl, it actually allows you to be plus EV. I don't think the Chiefs trade Tyree Kill to the Dolphins if they didn't win the Super Bowl against the Niners three years ago. Without yeah. that in your back pocket, you're just shoving, right, Great the point. whole time. And so – but the Chiefs now you – the know, first quarterback in the history of the league to, or in since the CBA to have thir- make more than 13% of the salary cap, and he made 17 of it. How do you even do that? Well, you have to like – you see that numbers gain. You it's know really you can't beat the to Bengals. Hit. And sign all those guys for 10 million each, you need to draft them all. And the only way you can draft them all, Chiefs drafted five secondary players in this in the spring is by trading Tyree Kill for five draft picks, right? And trusting your quarterback to make that up. And for most teams, free agency to get all the way back to the original point, free agency is about making sure those weak links are not weak. And if you have, if you've hit on premium positions in the draft, you have the money. To pay up a little bit on those positions, and if you and if you have a great quarterback, you're you're hoping the draft can be that for you, and it's a different probability distribution. God, God, that's yeah, well, well said. I, I
1: like that, and and you still have to have some luck. Oh, I mean, just yeah, of course. I mean,
0: the the draft is. But at I the mean, same time, like if you're if you're spending free agency on non premium positions, I like a move like the Bates move because he's good, maybe great. Right, like you're, it, it, like, and so if you fill out the rest of the, you know, if you fill out the rest of the parlay and you hit two or three, you know, it's really a round robin, right? If you fill out the rest of the yeah, round robin yeah. and two or three hit, then you know, then the guy that's in that spot, he could be all pro, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, the, you know, and it's, again, like you basically you need it, the the get the bet that Falcons are making, all the respect in the world, if you get above Mendoza line production out of Desmond ritter on a year two deal right for a year two quarterback you're going to the playoffs this year if you get below you're going to be at the top of the draft and you're the only team that you know in that mix that didn't draft a quarterback or doesn't have questions about a guy that's on the verge of getting a year yeah. five deal and so you can swing away and go you know get caleb williams or you know or any one of these other guys Drake may mm-hmm. or whoever else is, but, is at the top there. So it's, it, l- it's, lesser it's positions easy, easy too. Drew. Yeah.
1: Lesser positions. Like let's say, just say safety and guard. They're part, they're part of a bigger function. They're part of an offensive line a of defensive secondary. Sure. And you, you talk about the Falcons parlay. Guess what? The first leg already won. Yeah. Uh, it was an right. open parlay. <laughs> yeah, Terrell right. and you already got yeah. one leg home. Yeah. yeah. And that's right. I looked at this yeah. more and more with how many teams could use corners in this draft. And I did this with my latest mock. I said, fuck it. I'm taking, I'm still taking a corner yeah. at six with Detroit. Yeah. Like they signed some guys, but mostly he's probably hurt himself on the flight to Detroit. And like, it's still a position of need eventually. And I'm like, why yeah. not make it a strength now that you, you yeah. can, instead of a massive weakness and same thing with the Falcons. I love taking a corner, just taking an absolute. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like the, the joke I made about Von Bell or Von Bell. Von Miller should have been a wide receiver too because of how that unlocks digs when mm-hmm. we've seen like a mm-hmm. good wide receiver two that can help him. It's the same yeah. thing with, you know, how much, like is, is Terrell the best corner in the league at a, you know, consensus, come, like, December because you added to that positional group and just unlocked his, like, ceiling. And you can do that with yeah. non-premium positions. Yeah, you want a game plan
0: for the – yeah, game plan for the Falcons' defense was easy. Throw it to the other side wherever A.J. Trolls, <laughs> throw, throw, it, throw, it, throw yeah. it to the other well, side. And again. that <laughs> was the whole issue. we yeah. talk about Detroit drafting yeah. a
2: corner. That was the whole issue with the Jeff Akuda pick. Like, sure. the yeah. whole well, coverage is more important than pass rush <laughs> was, I think – and this was my – it was half – it was half stated the coverage unit is more important, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should draft corner first because the the defensive line is a strong link system. You need to at least get a pass rusher. Detroit has that. Now they can start. And to your point, like if DJ Terrell ends up being Atlanta's best corner, great. Right. You don't want your whole season to depend on that because of how volatile the position is and how, and how, how much it, it depends upon health and all this stuff. You want that, to be a nice to have you, you, and if you're the, if you're the uh, lions to Andy's point, absolutely. You want Cam Sutton or, you know, you want the, 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 the math to be, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton, um, Jeff Akuda or some dude you pick at six yeah. and you want three, two, four, choose three, right. You yeah. want that many outcomes for you. And, and, and you know, because that's, that's going to get you there. If you, if you try to do what they've done forever, which is to say, you know, it's got to be these three guys, then, you know, good luck to you. Then you're yeah. in Minnesota. Okay. Like, so, Oh, yeah. hey,
1: guess what? Cam Dantzler has to be good
2: or yeah. our defense <laughs> is going to suck. And
1: oh,
0: you've seen that. the results. I
2: always remember like the old twins, like Mike when the Hughes, twins were bad, Jesus. it's like, oh, Scott Diamond has to be good this year for the twins to be good. And you're like, yeah. Well, better luck next. Year. It's like, hey, boof, boof, Bond okay. has to be
1: like a, <laughs> so a, a starting pitcher, too.
0: Close, closing point on the Falcons. And then I'm going to give Eric multiple choice for the last thing I want to talk about because we're running out a little bit against it time wise here. Um, but I can almost promise you they take whatever best, whatever of the elite D linemen with their first pick. They take uh, whoever is left of the cornerback class early in the second. And then, uh, you know, then next year when the Eagles pay Jalen Hurts and can't afford A.J. Brown anymore, they trade for A.J. Brown. And uh, the rest is history. They are literally trying to rerun the Eagles. Um, But uh, ultimately depends on if Desmond Ritter is more of a Hurts or more of a Wilson, and we just don't know that yet. So we'll find out this year, I assume. Um, Okay, so Eric, multiple, you get get dealer's choice here. Uh, Dealer's choice? Whatever. Guest choice. Uh, Do you want to talk Lions Restore the Roar? Do you want to talk um the uh what's going on with all the one-year contracts is this an analytical thing or do you want to talk inflection points which is a little bit of a conversation about the chargers and the way that they have gone about team building and game in-game decision making
2: let's do the one year because i i'm actually not sure i have a great answer to this but i want to talk it through because i think it it's very interesting
0: yeah so You stand back and you look at what happened this year and it feels like there has been a little bit of a a conservatism in terms of how not how much we're willing to spend for this next year, but into the future among teams. And I cannot tell you if this is coming from the owners who are concerned about financials for some dumb reason, if it's coming from the GMs who are either just concerned about their own uh, you know, long term, you know, flexibility, or if it's coming from the analytics community, because somehow it turns out there was some hidden edge in just bringing guys in on one year prove it deals. Like, do you have a sense of if this is because like the, the the conspiracy theory theorist in the in the back of my brain wants to be like, this is the owners being cheap, like they had some kind of meet owners meeting and yeah. collusion is afoot. And they're literally like, guys, enough with the long term deals, we got to labor, Uh, You know, we got it. We got, you know, a labor uh, meeting coming up. We got to, you know, really put the boot down on these guys. Like there, in the back of my head. I feel like there is an element of that. But I also want to allow for this being actually good team building and or somehow analytically sound decision making. Is there anything there?
2: So there's a thread of front office members that are kind of connected and they all start with the Eagles and it goes you know, Eagles with Howie to Andrew Barry in Cleveland to Kwesi Adolfo Mensah in Minnesota, who was with Cleveland, but also San Francisco, and then Rand Carthon, San Francisco to Tennessee. And you see these front offices are using what are called void years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that had happened, and it was really interesting because I was talking to Kai from uh, the, the Saints, who's their cap guy, and he was kind of talking about how, you know, the cap goes up about 8% a year, but these top-end deals go up about 10 to 15 percent so it's much like you know the world the middle class in the NFL was kind of shrinking you had a higher percentage of players earning the minimum than you would ever have before okay and one year deals were often thought of as antithetical to this movement because you know you, you when you like let's say you you slap the franchise tag on a player you have oftentimes the extension will be, more cap relief in that year because you can spread out the money to future years. One-year deals were almost always thought of as that, like one shot. If I sign Marcus Davenport to one year, 13 million, he, that's how much he costs me. But with the with the proliferation of void years, so if you just look at Marcus Davenport's contract with the Vikings, it's technically one year, 13 million. But he has an 8.5 million roster bonus that is prorated for a five-year deal where four of those years are void. So technically his cap hit this year is 5.9 million and his cap hit next year is 6.8 million. Okay. So I think these one year deals are allowing players to make more than that. It's allowing them to have less commitment to NF to teams while making more money. So they're making more than what they would have had in a one shot one year deal. But they're they're committing less to the team because they can spread the cap hit over multiple years. And these void years are like they give you some interesting freedom, right? So if, if Davenport were to leave the Vikings next year, it takes all of those 1.7 million prorated bonus years, folds them all up, and becomes the Vikings cap hit. Same Got thing it. with Cousins. Okay. So when they redid Cousins' deal, they they spread out his 20 million uh signing bonus roster bonus i'm sorry and they made it into a signing bonus which we made it for you know four million every year once if they don't resign cousins to another deal all that rolls up into one lump sum and it costs against their cap next year so for players that teams are like testing out if they don't like them then it's just a cap charge next year and often it's modest right like the 6.8 for davenport whatever yeah also, because the cap goes up, the cap, the real money relative to the cap goes down every year for all this. So you're buying now, paying later with no interest, right? That's yeah. a, a way to think about it. Yeah,
1: it's an, it's inflation proof.
2: <laughs> yeah. point, like... and if you sign the the player to a deal, then I believe, and I have to I have to sort of think about this. Um, I, I have to make sure that this is correct. But if you sign a player to a deal after that, those those void years they just get added to the new deal right so they don't all just fold up and so essentially those 1.7s in the case of Davenport they're just added to his new contract boom it's it's you know you're paying you're paying for yesterday but not that much and I think that that's why you're seeing a lot more one-year deals because the teams can effectively spread it out over multiple years without committing to the player for multiple years.
1: So It's just cap gymnastics that agents have been like,
2: they're, they're Hey, gonna I'm okay with Boyd this too, because this is point. win-win but, because this is ridiculous, but it, it's, it's perfectly legal now.
1: Yeah. But, and, and it's, it's kind of win-win too for some of these guys where even if, if it does, if the relationship doesn't work out, it's like a prenup and <laughs> you know, if mm-hmm. this doesn't work out, I'm going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Like, you're not going to take a huge hit on some, you know, obviously the cousins deals with different quarterback deals should mm-hmm. be their own classroom, but like, it, it's not a huge hit against you next year. And he still got a decent contract out of it. And it was less of a, Hey, it's a prove it. You have to do this. It's a one year incentive And in, mm-hmm. Like, guess what? We didn't play you that much. He didn't hit any of them and everybody's angry at each other at the end of the year. So I, I guess that was a good explanation. I don't, hate it. Okay. I, Things I change. You, Things yeah. changes.
0: No doubt. I think that all makes sense. Okay. I got uh five rapid fires for you. Okay? okay. This is okay. More likely this or this. Okay. Andy, if you want to chime in, I'm going feel to. free. I haven't given you any of the t- I haven't I given you any on. any any early look at the sheet here. Okay. Uh we're going to start with the, the Dallas Cowboys. You ready? Uh more, more likely. likely okay uh with the moves they made in the offseason with Mike McCarthy taking over the offense. More likely that the offense is better on an EPA, EPA per play basis next year or worse? Worse. All right. I think yeah. that's right. <laughs> I don't love it. Don't love it. Um, what position
1: do you think they draft second, 2A or 1A? <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: uh, a, it's a, they're
1: in a bad spot.
2: 18. Next year. No, I mean,
1: what 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 position do you think they, they should focus on at what, 26 or wherever they're at?
2: Oh, uh,
0: Gotta be wide receiver, I would think so.
2: Still, think yeah, wide receiver or defensive back, sure.
0: Okay, yeah, those are both fair. Um, keep Dan Quinn happy so he doesn't uh, skedaddle. Uh, okay, uh, Philly, Philadelphia is next. You ready? More likely that they are suffering from a Super Bowl hangover next year or take the next step to being the dominant team in the NFC for as far as the eye can see because it is that week.
2: Uh, hangover. Okay, yeah.
1: The the defensive, the defensive moves have to all work. Like they have a big parlay to have that defense be good. I gotta tell
0: you, they did as well as they possibly could have. I -hmm. give them credit. I thought when you saw the list of the when you saw the um, you know, when you did the math and you put together guys who were going to cut moved moved out of their contract and looked at the depth chart, was like, it was like.
1: It could have been worse. Yeah, so I was like, "This is gonna
0: it. be, yeah, this is gonna be a complete turnover." Um, and honestly, losing Jonathan again, yeah, maybe a positive. Who knows? Um, we'll see. Uh, the um, the next uh, question is the Jets. I, first of all, is Aaron Rodgers actually happening? I've been, I've been yes. partying in Vegas, yeah. and you know, first of all, shout out to our friends in Vegas. Had a great time while I was there. I forgot to say that at the top, um, but uh, it's it's definitely happening. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet next year. Yeah. Okay, Um, more like a Favre situation uh, where this is a short-term thing and it doesn't live up to the hype um, or uh, they actually feel like they realize their potential...
2: I, I think it's more like Favre.
1: I'm with it too, I'm with that too. Although, I'm excited to see what the offense could somebody
2: called him Schroemer Assiasin. I knew was, like I was, I died. Some of the nicknames <laughs> are so good. so good, throw Rogan and Schroemer. Oh, Esiason. my They're goodness, just so good,
0: Schroemer Assiasin. Holy shit, that's good. I,
2: I mean, there are, the, oh man, the, God bless the world. Are is, gold, the, world the world still spins, so good,
0: <laughs> okay uh so far these are all three thumbs down more likely to be uh you know on the on the downside um charge i got another one that's probably gonna be on the downside uh chargers uh more likely to be the afc west champions next year or uh gm and coach looking for new hires
2: oh um i'm ASC not west giving GM.
0: you i'm not giving you the middle okay okay
2: okay I, kellen moore is kellen moore this is my first answer i was to gonna say kellen keep Moore's the gm
1: team. promote kellen moore you got 11 wins he didn't win the division
2: yeah kellen moore is pretty good
0: okay so they're closer to actually winning the west than they are mm-hmm. starting over with coach gm it feels like there's a lot of internal pressure there with the gm on the coach that is kind of mucking things yeah am i crazy
2: uh, I don't think I think the GM is actually pretty hands off there. I, I just think it's really hard to fail. I think Kellen Moore and just Justin Herbert are going to have a really hard time failing.
0: Okay, so there's no truth to the idea or the concept that Brandon Staley walked back from the plus EV every time, no matter what decision-making to something that was a very different uh, and kind of chaotic decision-maker like that was that a matter of he just was concerned about his own uh, his own job security and not the fact that the GM can't really fire another coach and expect to retain his job
2: yeah yeah I think that he was still good at timeouts and he was still good at other decisions that I'm willing to give him sort of the time of day
0: Okay. Is there anything about the Chargers where they're figuring out the inflection points on some of the, we know this is better than this, and we're just going to attack as hard as we can in that direction? Are they, are they, are you seeing any signs that they feel like they've internally figured out the, the inflection
2: points? No, no, (laughs) I, I I don't think that they're, I I think Staley is smarter than the average coach. I think that Herbert is very, very talented and there is a reasonable chance that Joe Lombardi was the real problem last year, and I think that they're, they're, this season is is the bet that that was the case. Um, if we
1: get halfway through the season and the red zone offense looks good, I will 100% just say Lombardi was the problem.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, the Detroit Lions, more okay. likely okay. to win the NFC or be drafting a quarterback in next year's draft.
2: Um, win the NFC. I think they're going to draft a quarterback in this draft.
0: Oh, okay. That's sassy. sassy. All right. All right. It's very interesting. I don't, I don't
1: do a mock past the first round, but I kind of love them adding like, uh, maybe a hooker, eh, you know, wherever he falls. Not, not a hooker, the handed
2: hooker. I shouldn't say, yeah, like a hooker Um, type. That
1: sounds weird when
2: you say it. I would not be surprised if they took Anthony Richardson (laughs) at three.
0: Ooh, interesting. Is is there a little uh, connection between Cardinals and Detroit front offices that uh, makes Uh, that happen?
2: There is with between the two front offices, but I I just I think that I think that Detroit in it. I think Detroit has done a good enough job building the roster that they might make that move.
0: Okay, so I first Monty Asmfort, I have Laverne, Minnesota. <laughs> I have an enormous amount of respect for the Detroit front office for what they've, the way that they've tackled the rebuild, which was a very hard, was a very, very tough task. They, I think they have done spectacularly well. And I, uh, I would have even more um, respect for them if that's the move they make, because I think eyes open, this is the lowest they're going to be in a long, long, long time. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a gift, even being this low for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Yeah, the idea of this is our swing. We got a swing makes the most sense. So I think my I mean, my GM, my my front office ranking goes up if that's actually the move they make. So um, I hope I hope you're right, because, you know, getting an elite cornerback doesn't super move the needle for me. But uh, uh, taking your chance on a QB does, because, you know, if you find if 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 golf gets you to good but not great in this NFC, then you've got a problem next year. If you haven't already started draft and development process with the next guy. So,
2: yeah, no, I I think, I think Goff has been great and I think Goff will be a good quarterback next year, but they're in a perfect position for Anthony Richardson or Will Levitt's like it's quintessential Alex Smith type type move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. So the lions are building in the mold of the chiefs. Uh, the Falcons are building in the mold of the, uh, the, the Eagles. So uh, interesting. NFC might be, they, they might, the NFC might turn the table here. Uh, and yeah, the Vi- than we Vikings think if the Cowboys teams, and the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantastic. So um, if you haven't already checked it out, I'm going to wrap here and say, go to Sumer sports dot uh, com eric great article uh this week uh going from elite to poor and back a lesson in stability and transiency in the nfl you get a little uh, ten dollar word right in the title so um, i won't i
1: won't give it a review i haven't read it I read okay. it I, read <laughs> I, shared, I shared it with andy right I'm before too, the I'm pod which wasn't really fair um I did like the weekly. late.
0: Tell me about what your off season is going to be like. Is it going to be more of this? You're going to do just continue to do podcasts and crank out articles. Like you have a couple research ideas, things you are especially interested in spending your off season doing, or is it literally like, Hey, I, you know, back, you know, I'm right, right, right to work, you know, doing production. Ooh. Also, yeah, are you going
1: to the draft?
2: Yeah, it. We have, you know, we're mostly a B two B company, so a lot of the stuff I'm doing is for our two pilot teams and um, building stuff for the future for hopefully more clients. Like we went to the combine uh, and sold, uh, tried to sell to, you know, a great deal of the teams, and like I think we're making a lot of progress there. Um, I'm I'm still trying to build the podcast up because we're we are going to have more forward facing stuff for people. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like uh with in so far as fantasy and gambling um i've been a little bit detached it's weird because like with with the with the info we have now i because at pff all of our info was one way like official info was all we would sell the teams and we didn't you know but at sumer we do have team ip so teams will give us their grades and we incorporate them into our optimizer and so it's not ethical for us to bet and so it's crazy because by now I would have probably had probably $15,000 worth of bets <laughs> on the draft. And I'd be super sharp as far as like where the markets were moving and stuff. And I got to say, like, I'm I'm watching them. But you guys know that it's just really hard if you don't have the real – yeah. Risk? Well, you know, we so we I, we I know think,
0: we know you're being honest because it's not possible yeah. that you could have fifteen thousand dollars with this year's market so far because they've for whatever very, reason they won't fucking hang yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, them. offshore. Yeah, yeah. like, I had schedule.
2: it's crazy. I had offshore skins. Now they don't let me bet there anymore. They didn't sure. let me bet there even before I joined Sumer. But like you know, with the Zach Wilson draft, I had like. A couple oh, yeah. of dimes down on Zach Wilson being number two overall when it was like minus one fifty, you know, a couple of years ago. And so you're really sweating that out yeah. for two months. You're like, oh, right. who's going to trade up with? Is somebody going to trade up with the Jets? Like you're perking up, and like without that kind of in circulation, you're just like, oh, look, the Panthers traded up, great. Like you're you're not like tilting or 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 having that exhilaration. Off we'll tell yeah, you. It, it's weird. Yeah. Like. I, I went on Bet Online today just to check what the markets were because I know you know Young had gone from plus four hundred or so to you know plus yeah. one sixty five and like Bet Online is like three draft markets. It's been horrific. we're hearing
1: from some of the regulated <laughs> operators. This is the week. Like late okay. this week, there'll be some over on over unders mm-hmm. are, you know, those are, those are great markets. The pay, hey, here's mm-hmm. four guys with 18% hold uh, for the first defensive player. And you get a little bit of a feel, but the, yeah, the over unders really. The one-sided markets are
2: awful, right? Like they don't, yeah. you know, um, the who to be picked in the first round market. Like we, we, we ripped their eyes out on Quay Walker last year. And like, that was a good, a good one. But even then you still weren't getting great numbers. Like mm-hmm. once, once they figured out, like, even yeah. even if you know the, the edge dried up really quickly because the hold was so big. So um, after fr- after, after so the and, and some you're right, some of these
1: early markets and people people on gambling Twitter great greatly panned the fifty to one for anybody in the world to have a perfect bracket market that was up. It's like, well, please don't bet this, but yeah, honestly, like that shit every every week now you see some horrible stuff. There was one up, maybe it's still up. I think it was Bovada. It was what school will Mister Irrelevant be from, and it listed like ten colleges, and they're all like and no 10 field. Fi- they were all in <laughs> no field, and they're all ten or fifteen to one. It's like, yeah. well, take this down right now, you you bastards. Okay, boring. so yeah, yeah.
0: first of all, I'll we'll tell just, you a story. That's, off. We'll tell, that's yeah. predatory. We'll tell I you mean, a story off the air about uh, tilting some information that was tilting um, because it's there's been a couple of them now um but uh the you're you know the, the the books they got their heads up their asses here the the minus ultimately the minus they, they're like they're like we gotta wait we gotta wait we gotta wait to put these up the minus ev bets are the best bets people are firing in february and march guys yeah, yeah. like the longer you wait the more, the harder you're gonna get hit, because you're only gonna get the plus EV stuff because it's gonna be known by the time you hang these. And then the other funny thing about draft markets that I just want to kind of make a point and see if Andy agrees here. It feels like the VIG, you know, you know how a typical outright market with like 10 choices or 50 choices or in golf 120 choices or whatever. Like the every you know, if you know, you know because of long shot bias that the VIG is typically in the in the longer shots. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the way that they construct the market. Right. I've, awards drafts all this other stuff the vig is always at the top. it's at the top almost always like if and and so i don't know if they're doing that on purpose or if they don't realize they're doing that but you you know you hang like like, like stroud right now what is he minus 250 like p- people are as pro today i guarantee you a bunch of donkeys are just firing minus 250 on Stroud after some bullshit tweets they saw like you give them an over under market on Stroud at one and a half two they're gonna double down like you know they they, they could they could be making writing minus cb bets all day long this whole month and they're not doing it so shame on them
2: you make such a great point like i thought i had i I thought i had the market by the balls when i took malik willis plus 150 uh to be first quarterback taken i i got the max bet on that on like a few books, like right around the combine. And of course, Kenny and like I won the last year, but like if I would have had a, a, an a amazing draft if Kenny Pickett doesn't go first quarterback. Sure. And and like it was, it was a it was a, a way too confident bet on my part. And you know, to your point, like as the information comes in, the other thing that's interesting, and and bef- before we wrap up, is like the other thing that's interesting is the, all these are slow too. So you go like I go to a PPH and I can just hammer the other side. And the vig is big, but it's not big enough in some cases for like some of these draft picks, the unit the the, the masses are huge on certain, like Jordan Davis, 13 14 15, like that was 90% of the probability last year. So if you got if you in a in a two-day stretch got over 12 and a half, under 15 and a half, I don't give a shit if it was minus one forty. Embo on said you were still killing it, right? Yeah. And like, and, and and to your point, like if they would have hung those markets early, right? When he's running the forty and all this kind of nonsense, you're taking under nine and app and all this crap. Yeah, like that's where they could have won, and they just don't. And they and they lose. A, like they lose people here because yeah. you know people overthink and they react yeah. to news and like and it's all BS. It's it's not like normal that's- game. Mode. And
1: and there is the whole, you know, especially with the public better, the Vegas knows the sportsbook knows like every time somebody has like a bunch of steam, I would just put a market up for them. And I would I would shade it so heavily in the way that the the news cycle is going like, hey, no, Nolan was Nolan Smith. um, Hey, he had a really good comment. Guess what? under 15. 11 and a half and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and you give them plus money on it too and it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah watch people hammer on under that it's just unreasonable like yeah, I, I Anth- so anthony worried. richardson under dude, under two and a half there
0: was know? i heard cry baby like somebody who knew trayvon walker was going one and got 33 to one on us well guess what you wrote a shitload of freaking uh evan neal Thibodeau at minus 200 and and uh yeah. evan neal at minus 300 and at minus 200 yeah and if you did it yeah right exactly
2: uh Aiden hutchinson at minus 350 if you didn't yes. you're the you're <laughs> the square then yes yeah, absolutely. yeah
1: once you so, get to the the first of april you should have the first overall market should be a win no matter what happens if (laughs) if you book your future book properly yes yeah Yeah, you should be so i mean i i'm excited for the over-unders it's going to tell us a lot because right now the market just moves on like well daniel jeremiah said it's like well yeah daniel jeremiah is right once we get to april 15th but like nobody's right right now there's a lot (laughs) of stuff that's the i think it was ian hart had the the malik willis tweet today where it's like, hey, this is where we at one year ago today, and he had like uh the the pro day, and everyone's like, Oh my god, this guy's going top five right now. And what third round? What yeah. what did What's
2: we land on for that? So, yeah. Yeah, he went he went the round. Sure, know, it was a long, way, long way down. Some people mocked him yeah. too to Detroit.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Uh Okay, let's wrap here. Eric, what uh, what else are you working on? What are you the most excited about? What's your next uh, post that uh, uh, that people can look forward to reading?
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. At Sumer Sports on Twitter, SumerSports.com for all of our great stuff. And uh, on YouTube, uh, we have the Sumer Sports Show. So when much like me, when you're done listening to the deep dive, um, give the Sumer Sports Show. Myself, Thomas Dimitrov, the former hey, you GM you did one today. Go listen to that CEO now. Yeah, um, give that a listen.
0: I love it. Well, very good. Um, enjoy the draft cycle. I hope it is, uh, uh you know, enjoyable even without the, um, you know, without the, uh, the skin in the game that is uh, handicapping prop. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to enjoy to it without any ha- props also. So <laughs> yeah, they don't give you a hard time betting other sports, right? Uh,
2: we're working through that, actually. Oh. I, I, so hoping, I don't have anyone I, at the wow. WNBA. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can, I'm hoping we'll, we'll strike a deal so I can bet WNBA in the spring. But so far right now, I'm lucky it doesn't start till May. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's kind of the perfect season, right? Doesn't it wrap right as football starts? So it's like you're not even yeah. really – yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: You let, yeah. let me talk okay. to Tommy D about this. I'll straighten him out. Yeah, that's right. All right, cool. Appreciate it, Eric. Yeah, appreciate you guys watching. Hit the thumbs yep. up on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, review. Go watch Eric's. Uh, go listen or watch to Eric's Sumer Sports Show. He did today, uh, early, not that long ago. It just came out. It looks like so. Enjoy that, and uh, we'll catch you here next week.
0: Oh, excellent! Going on, on for like another hour, but uh, I'm glad we hit that in the tight ninety covered it all man we covered a lot we did We did cover a lot of different things it's fun it's
1: fun tracking like doing more mocks has forced me to track the agency closer yeah